Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This boss missed out on $100 million for treating his employee poorly. This is r slash pro revenge. Now guys, as you can probably tell, I'm not at my usual setup. No face cam, the microphone is a little bit different. I'm on a laptop in America right now, but bear with me, uh, hopefully it'll be okay. If you do wanna know what I'm up to, I'm currently in the US for Christmas. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at redditoryt, where I'm posting stories and little updates every single day, showing you lot what I get up to, and who knows? I am in the land of the Karens. There's a huge chance that I might bump into one in this week. Boss missed out on 100 million US dollars for treating his employee poorly. I used to work at a consulting company in Asia owned by a baby boomer European guy. Let's call the company COG and the owner Richard. To give a brief background, Richard spent his entire career working in the hospitality industry for various hotel brands all over the world. At one point, he specialized in one niche area in the industry and set up a consulting firm to provide consultancy to his business connections. The company employees were majority expats. I spent my entire career working in the financial industry and I'm quite a specialist in the field of capital market fundraising. Richard approached me with a great plan to list one of his properties in North America in a stock market. At that time, it seemed to be a good project. He also offered me a management position in the company he set up to deal with the listing process and a good salary in comparison to the job that I had at the time. The agreement stated that if any party would like to terminate this agreement, they need to inform the other party three months in advance. Failure to do so will cost the party who initiated the termination a penalty fee equal to three months salary. This will be relevant later. Unfortunately, I joined the company at the worst possible time, the year end of 2019. Initially, things were all right. Richard spent only one to two days a week at the office and spent the rest of the week abroad to acquire new businesses. However, as everyone knows, a few months after that, the COVID pandemic hit the hospitality sectors globally. Richard lost all his business deals in the pipeline. His property in North America was also shut down. The only income stream for the company was payments from the existing contracts. Richard got stuck in the office for seven days a week with not much money in the bank account. This is when he showed his true characteristics. So firstly, despite the government's highly encouraged work from home policy, Richard was dissatisfied with the idea. As a boomer, he wanted to see his employees working all the time. He called anyone who chose to work from home lazy and cowardly. In addition, he would randomly call them several times a day on non-important issues just to ensure everyone was at the desk all the time. Furthermore, he would assign lots of non-necessary tasks, remember all business deals were cancelled, to these people to do, so they would need to stay very late to finish the work. Secondly, he cut off 20-30% to salary for all employees, including himself. 
This seemed acceptable at the time, given the economic conditions. However, this will come up later. And finally, he'd just be annoyed at anyone in the company who mentioned any news about the pandemic. He just wanted to pretend that nothing severe happened and that things would be back to normal soon. Due to the pandemic and the financial status of the company, my role significantly shifted from getting a company listed to selling our assets to whoever gives the right price. Thus, the company can survive. During these months, I had to work closely with the company CFO, called Fatty. Fatty had a very impressive resume with a degree from an Ivy League university. However, for some reason, there was nothing inside that brain. He could talk about all the financial jargon all day long, but he couldn't understand even the basic concepts of those words. Fatty would make mistakes all the time and trouble other colleagues. For some odd reason, Fatty would receive only minor criticism from Richard. Conversely, if other employees made one out of the 10 mistakes that Fatty did, they would receive harsh criticism. We were approached by various buyers. One of them was one of the largest real estate developers in this country. Let's call it Mackie. We had a few meetings with senior execs from Mackie to present our North American properties. They seemed to be interested in investing $100 million in acquiring the property, but then they just disappeared. Later on, we were approached by a private equity firm. Let's call it Dummy. Rather than acquiring the property, Dummy made an offer for shares of COG. As a result, a series of due diligence occurred. I had to lead the deal from my side. During the process of document preparation, I found various histories about Richard and COG. Richard always claimed to his potential clients that his company had been involved in various projects worth billions of dollars in the past. It was partially true. However, his participation was very limited to less than 1% of those projects. There were a few projects that COG played a vital role in. However, those projects were relatively small. To make matters worse, 100% of them failed before completion. There were various companies that Richard claimed to have co-found or was a part of the key management. However, there were no official records of that. And by digging into financial statements, I found out that he paid back all the money he saved from cutting employees' salaries into his personal account as a form of bonus. I felt horrible for working for such a phony. However, at that time, it was Q4 in 2020. It was way too difficult to get a new job in the middle of the pandemic. The last straw came when we were about to submit the financial model to Dummy to set the valuation. I developed a financial model which would calculate all the potential deals into the valuation. All I need was the input of pipeline data from Fatty. After I plugged in the data, Richard asked Fatty to help review it. Fatty complained to everyone that the model was wrong and there were so many mistakes. When I checked, all those mistakes that he mentioned came from those inputs he provided to me. Garbage in, garbage out. I informed Richard that it was not my mistake, but Fatty's. However, Richard criticized me for not being responsible for my own mistakes and said that even though it was Fatty's mistake, I was still responsible to verify it. Well, how on earth could I verify the correctness of the raw data? I wanted to quit so badly at this point. Remember the three month notice period? This is where it became relevant. Throughout 2020, various employees quit. However, the term became a pain in the butt. First of all, it would be highly difficult for anyone to find potential employers who'd be willing to wait for three months until the notice period is served. Thus, employees had to either pay the penalty fees or put in their resignation in advance before starting to look for a job. For the locals, we could take the risk of staying at home with no job. However, the expats needed to choose to either take a risk in leaving the country or to pay the fees. Most chose to do the latter. The worst thing I experienced about this contract clause was when one of my colleagues, who was one of the first employees at this company, decided to quit because her grandmother was about to die in a few weeks. 
Therefore, she wanted to go back home as soon as possible and spend the remaining time with her grandmother. Yet, Richard insisted that she needed to pay the penalty fee. In every meeting, Richard would try his best to scare everyone by talking about those companies that went bankrupt and trying to remind us to be grateful for even having jobs. I held my grudge and waited patiently until February 2021. The pandemic became better and employers started hiring again. I got three offers within the second week of the month. Based on the situation, I knew that I would eventually get a job either in these three companies or somewhere else. Thus, I submitted my resignation, which would be effective in May. Richard was furious. He knew he couldn't lose me at this stage since I was the only one who could execute with dummy, but he was too arrogant to admit it. Instead, he gave me the worst counter-offer discussion anyone could have. He said that I was a coward for jumping away from the crisis, and I would be a failure all my life if I choose to walk away now. He tried to talk about all the deals that would be coming, and I would miss out on working on those projects. He said that I should ignore the higher salary that other companies might offer. The pandemic was harsh for everyone. I should stay to see the company's greatness. In the meantime, I could ask for money from my parents, or my wife's parents, Your own boss is telling you this, my word. Needless to say, the conversation did not change my mind even a bit. When all those efforts failed, he brought up the three-month notice period. He said that no company would be willing to wait three months and that I needed to pay a penalty fee to him if I quit. Unfortunately, this was when his own policy backfired. I intentionally did all the stupid mistakes that Fatty did. When he complained, I simply responded, it was his responsibility to verify the information that I submitted. I did my job very slowly. Thus, he basically had to pay me three months salary for the work I normally completed in a week. And whenever he complained, I told him that he could fire me at any time. In that case, he would need to pay me a three month salary as a penalty fee. For a person who always takes advantage of his employees, he probably wanted to scream at me. However, that was not the best part yet. By the end of April, HR from Mackie approached me. She said that she got my contact from a business card I gave to the senior executives several months ago. It turned out that the executives were very impressed with my skills. They wanted to hire a new vice president and viewed me as a high potential candidate. I took the offer and started working two weeks later. A few months later, Richard tried to use all his connections to reach Mackie's chairman to propose his North American property once again. The chairman assigned my team to review the property one more time. Last time, they were interested, but they didn't want to make an acquisition in the middle of the pandemic. But this time, they felt the timing might be right and would like to explore in more detail. My boss assigned me to look after the projects. Since I knew everything about the property, he let me decide whether we should move forward with the deal. To be honest, the property was fine and Richard had improved the property's performance very well since his acquisition. However, a year ago when we first approached Mackie, Richard explained to me how he'd screw every penny out of Mackie's pockets. To avoid criticizing Richard directly, I didn't want to look like a guy who badmouthed his ex-employer, I pointed out all the loopholes within the business model and explained that we could be taken advantage of from these loopholes if we proceed. Being a smart man, my new boss could sense something fishy about Richard, so he asked me to speak more about my experience. I told him about some of Richard's unethical behaviors mentioned above. Mackie management not only decided not to invest in COG's properties, but they also blacklisted COG and Richard from being potential vendors. And there we go. That is the end of that one. You know what they say about karma? What goes around comes back around. And it sounds like Richard brought this upon himself. Really, he did. The beauty of this story is that he doesn't even necessarily know you had anything to do with it. Maybe he knows your new role. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not entirely sure. But one thing's for sure. I doubt that he knew that you were the one telling your new boss. Yeah, uh, my ex-boss who's in charge of that part of the deal. uh, He's not the most ethical man. Let me tell you that. I know some revenge stories are fantastic when someone is very active in the revenge, right? And does it all themselves and lets the person they're doing the revenge on know about it. 
but there's something so beautiful about it being so secret. OP, you were actively assisting in karma. Well, you're at the forefront here, but without Richard really even knowing, and it wasn't even vindictive. You were just doing your job. I guess that's why it's pro-revenge, and I guess that's why I love it so much. Now, before we get into our next story, I have a very special announcement for you. After an insane amount of demand from you guys, I'm delighted to say that I've released some limited edition Not Today Karen merch. Picture this, you're out and about in the streets and a wild Karen appears and starts confronting you. What do you do? Well, normally you have to talk to a witch like this. However, get one of these t-shirts or hoodies on and all you have to do is simply point to it, laugh, and walk away. How easy is that? The link is down in the description if you like what you see. Go ahead, check the stuff out. I think they'd make a great Christmas present or even just a little gift for yourself. As always, it's official stuff from the very best supplier, so the quality is unmatched and it's one of the best ways to support me and the channel. With that being said, let's carry on. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right then, let's get into our second story of today's revenge episode. Now, as a little bonus for staying through the first one, I'm going to give you something extra special. This is some nuclear revenge. One too many times. When I was younger, especially throughout middle school, I dealt with bullying and toxicity constantly. I'd never been much of a Reddit user, but I decided to post my story after watching some of these on YouTube. This situation happened when I was in seventh grade. During that time, I was progressively bullied by a group of kids that I will call the Goonies. Now, I'm not a small person and I never have been. Around that time, I was around 5'11 and 150 pounds. Although I'm a bit big for my age, I've never been one to fight back. I have impulse control issues and ADHD. So when I get worked up, I have a hard time calming down or I go overboard. Even so, I can mostly hold back my emotions when on medication. So the Goonies, the group of kids who constantly made my life hard throughout my school experience. This group compromised five or six kids, mostly small and on the football team, but due to their numbers, they had an advantage over most people in my school. They preyed consistently on people who were without a group. Most of the time, they just took food items during lunch and asked for money from others. On the bad days, they would fight and take whatever they wanted. They've been preying on me and my group of friends for a while, mostly talking trash and taking food. This time was different though. I'd worn my grandfather's chain and cross to school that I'd gotten as inheritance when he passed the week before. When I tell you it meant a lot to me, it did. My grandfather was my pride and joy. We had the best relationship as my father was mostly out of town working. Now he's never been in the best health, but he got lung cancer a few months before and passed on. The chain was all I really had besides some model train sets and a ukulele. That day, I wore my chain to remove some of the grief I was feeling from his passing to make it through the day. My friends knew about the passing and were trying to comfort me throughout the day. But the one class I don't have with them was gym. And in our school, we are required to remove jewelry before class. That part was uneventful. The problem came when I went back into the locker room. All of the goons had gym the period after and I would see them as I was in the locker room. As I walked in and took my chain out of my locker, one of them took notice and immediately asked what I had in my hand. I, of course, not wanting to cause a problem, said nothing important. I went to the bathroom to put it on and when I walked out, all of them were waiting for me. 
They started to tell me to give them what was around my neck. In that moment, I was on the verge of tears because I didn't want to lose one of the only things I had left to remember my grandfather. So I made a run for it. They blocked the door and started punching and kicking me. I didn't want to cause a fight because I knew it would get out of hand. And up until then, I had a perfect school record. When they stopped, I sat up and started to try and leave. The main goonie, the leader of the pack, grabbed my chain and ripped it off me, breaking it and mangling the cross that my grandfather took such pride in. He started laughing as I stared at him in pure disbelief. I saw red. I lost it and started pummeling the main kid, grabbing him by his collar and smashing his head over and over again into the concrete while his friends watched, screaming to stop, trying to pry me away. The gym teacher heard all of the commotion. I don't know how he didn't hear me getting jumped before and came in running, yanking me away from the main goon and locking me in his office. He called the nurse and an ambulance. He was freaking out. I got suspended for three months only due to the cameras in the hall that could see into the window of the door. It witnessed them jumping me. The only reason I didn't get arrested was that camera. Thank God for technology. Now, this might not seem like nuclear revenge yet, but here is the list you are waiting for. Injuries, fractured skull, broken nose, broken jaw, eight lost teeth, and severe brain damage. He was out for four months with some time in the hospital. He didn't make it back onto the football team due to the fear his head would get hit. His grades also took a hit and he had to repeat two years. My group, on the other hand, have been free from bullying ever since. So, what do you guys think? Did I take it too far or was it deserved? Wow, what a story. I mean, listen, guys, you've got to do as OP says. Get down in the comments right away if you're on YouTube and let me know your thoughts before I even give mine. I mean, look, as I always say, <laughs> you can't advocate for just punching someone and dominating someone and sending them to the hospital, right? That's, I don't think that can ever be an answer. But in this spot, what else are you gonna do? Take it, take them just beating the absolute trash out of you, take them stealing the one sentimental thing that you now own that was your grandfather's pride and joy. No, you're obviously not. You've got to fight back in this spot, no matter what the repercussions are. So look, I can't really, I can't really have too many cars with you doing what you did. I've got to really say fair play. You took it extremely well and you fought for what was yours. That's kind of my opinion here. I think it would be easy for me to say you just had to deal with it later in a more, you know, calm way and get the school involved and, you know, get authorities involved and contact the police. I don't know. I think that's kind of BS, to be fair. I don't understand, right, why your gym teacher, who clearly knew what was going on before, like, you don't just hear half of a scuffle, sorry, didn't get involved right away. He only got involved when you were the one that was, you know, doing the, the fighting. And maybe that was coincidence, maybe it was, but I don't, I'm not sure about that, you know. It seems like he just picked and chose his moment as to when to get involved. Ah, uh, overall, I don't know. It was your grandpa's item that he gave to you. Ultimately, I hope you can fix it and the damage to it wasn't too bad because that sentimental value you just cannot ever replace with money or time. Uh, OP actually says in the comments, that chain was passed down from his dad, but he still has it framed in resin and epoxy. He's ashamed that he hurt someone that badly, but they felt great for getting it off their chest in the Reddit. I don't know. Interesting. I, I kind of like that response because no one ever wants to hurt somebody that badly. But in that spot, you had to do what you had to do. And I do rate that you knew you had to do it, but you still feel ashamed about it because it's obviously not the greatest thing to put someone in hospital. Overall, I've got to say that the main moral I take from this is that bullies are a disgrace. And sometimes maybe it's good to put a bully in hospital. Maybe it's good. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. Again, apologies. Slightly different setup for me today. You know what? If you go on my Instagram, you can actually see what my setup is looking like. And then you will realize, oh, that might be why it sounds not ideal. But I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. I'll be back tomorrow with some more content. Have a good rest of your day and I'll see you then. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.